0: Welcome to The Kitchen Table, a conversation about faith, music, and culture. Join Shine.fm's ministry director, Brian McIntyre-Utter, and his 18-year-old son, Jake, around the table for this week's chat. Welcome to The Kitchen Table. We are a father-son podcast each and every week where we just get together, have a conversation over the kitchen table, and encourage you as a parents and teenagers, young adults, just to have these simple faith conversations, or profound, as sometimes they tend to be, just about life issues and through the uh, lens of faith. My name is Brian. And I'm Jake. And we are Father and Son, and we just like doing this because it's fun. And so each week we do bring a faith question with you. We'll get to that in a minute. We also share music. We're both big fans of music. Yeah, we are. So we do a segment called Music Matters. Mm -hmm. And then we close out the uh, podcast with a segment we call Culture Shock, where we just uh, look at something happening you know, in our nation at this time and in culture that intrigues us, surprises us, and we just kind of discuss that. So mm-hmm. we'll get to that here in a, in a little bit. So thank you so much for joining us. This is episode number 16. Wow, 16. All right, so the faith question for today.
1: Yeah, so the faith question for today is, what is the difference between being a, a good person than just being a Christian?
0: The difference between being a good person and being a Christian. Yeah. That's actually a pretty big question, quite honestly. On one side of it, Christianity is more than just being a good person. Uh On the other side of it, just being a good person doesn't guarantee you an eternal life in heaven. Example, I had wonderful grandparents. Wonderful grandparents. Now, I'm not the kind of person that's going to say, they now that they've passed on, where they are. Because you know what? That's not up to me. That's up to God. That's their heart. I didn't know where they were with God at that time. My grandmother, my mother's mother, British, grew up, uh, of course, the Anglican Church in England, very nominal, uh, really wanted nothing to do with it. And then her husband, my grandfather, who passed away just a couple years ago at almost 99 years old, was raised by a Christian mother, an alcoholic father, and claimed to be an atheist most of his life. Both of them great people. I mean, they would do anything for anybody. Mm-hmm. When it comes to obeying the Ten Commandments, they had it down, you know? But is that enough? Well, according to what God says, no, it's not enough. You need a relationship with Jesus Christ. You have to ask for forgiveness, this free gift of grace that he's going to give to you. And so the question is, what is the difference between being a good person And being a Christian.
1: Thanks for listening to the Kitchen Table, we're a father-son podcast talking about faith, music, and culture.
0: Where did we get the
1: idea that oh, I'm a good person, then I can go to heaven? You know what I mean?
0: Where, yeah, where did we get that that we don't need the relationship to get into heaven? And this is just my opinion here. This sort of grew out of God of the New Testament, which is a God of love, providing His Son and salvation, so that we can have eternal life with Him. And this God of love, how could he possibly, you know, judge someone and condemn them to eternity in hell if they were a good person? Even yeah. if they didn't have a relationship when if they never accepted his free offer of grace and salvation, obviously he's a God of love. He would never do that. So if you're a good that's probably how it started.
1: Yeah, I can see what you mean. Now.
0: The church has grown
1: from the old as you would say, the old testament God where it was it was it was judgment, it was wrath, it was you had a fear respect of God. Right. And I think that we still need that because he is God. He's all powerful. He's all he's all knowing. He's always there. And he always loves us. But it's still a a sense of of respect that we need to give to him. Because we do need a relationship with him and we do need to be good people because we are called to be We're we're called to love and be fishers of men and to show God through our actions and through our works to be good people. That's where the good people comes in. But we also need to be a Christian and have that relationship with God.
0: Right. And when you think about good people uh, and, you know, the concept of hell, hell seems really overkill to good people. Yeah. It really does. Why? You know, because I think of my sweet grandmother and not knowing her spiritual condition She never, never demonstrated she had a relationship with Christ, never attended church, never read a Bible during my lifetime. She was just a sweet person. And so you have to question yourself, God, would you you allow, because she didn't know that, would you allow her to spend eternity in hell and all that we hear about hell and this terrible place that it is? We try to rationalize it. And again, we can't. I have no idea where she spends eternity. I have no idea. You know what? And that's totally up to God. But the Bible does have a very stark view of human nature. We are the most valuable creation that God ever did. He is a loving God. But we rebelled against him and we were deeply affected by sin. In Psalms 14:3, it says they have all turned aside. They have together become corrupt. There is none who does good, no not one. And then the apostle Paul writes in Romans chapter 7 verse 18, "For I know that in me that is, in my flesh, nothing good dwells. Mm. You see, there's just this stark reality of us as human beings. Titus 115, to those who are defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure, but even their mind and conscience are defiled. Jesus says, what comes out of a person is what defiles him. Or from within him out of the heart of man comes evil thoughts sexual immorality theft murder adultery coveting wickedness deceit sensuality envy slander pride foolishness all these evil things come from within and they defile a person that's in mark chapter 7 verse 20. and so when i think of someone like my grandmother this sweet little old lady none of these characteristics were, were hers but still it talks about that misconception being a good person is not enough to get you to heaven. So it's really a study of evil and does that disqualify people if they are not evil from getting into heaven. Thanks for listening to The Kitchen Table. We're a father-son
1: podcast talking about faith, music, and culture.
0: If we have a relationship with God,
1: God sent his son down to take our our burdens, our sins, mm-hmm. And so that's why we we know and we have the sense of forgiveness because that's what Jesus did for us. He sacrificed himself so we could be forgiven. We're imperfect human beings. We always sin. We always mess up. And with that relationship with God, we can have a sense of peace that we still have a chance to get into heaven. Because if it wasn't like that, we would
0: there'd no hope. Because we would always sin. Human fallenness makes the gospel so much more powerful. We can only appreciate the extent of the work of Christ when we understand evil and corruption that Scripture talks about and that the world truly contains it. Now, this does not mean that unbelievers cannot do good things. They do. We see that all the time. Mm -hmm. However, it's the concept of sin. See, it's sin that separates us from God. It's through God's grace that we have the power to overcome sin. Paul makes it very clear In Romans when he says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. This fallen short that they're talking about, this is not merely a matter of actions, but it's about our hearts. And that's the difference. And again, I don't know my family members' hearts. I see the good they do on the outside, but this is why Jesus came. Jesus was and is fully God. He humbled himself. He took on this human flesh and the experience of death on the cross it's really a death that we deserve. And as a result of all that, we can experience this forgiveness of sins and come to know God personally. Mm-hmm. God loved this world so much he gave his son, John 3:16. But is it enough to be a good person? That's the question. It's true that many people live outwardly good lives. But for Jesus, evil is a matter of the heart. So according to Jesus, Mark 10, verse 18, no one is good. Because of that evil in our hearts. So, being a good person, yeah, okay, that's part of it. But unless you ask for that forgiveness, unless your heart is clean of this evil, it's not gonna happen. There's just no other way around it. You know, there is this drastic difference between being a good person and being a Christ follower. I was at a youth conference about
1: three years ago now. And at this youth conference, Mm -hmm. one of the sermons, the preacher, We were going through the Lord's Prayer and this sermon was on the forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us, if you know the Lord's Prayer. And he was talking about how we need to ask for forgiveness and how God can still use us even if we feel that we've done too much evil. Like, and he he went into the, the, it's my favorite thing ever. It's, he took every character in the Bible that God used and that we thought were good people like Moses and uh, Jacob and everyone. And all the disciples and basically called them out on what evil they did before they met God. Right. It's really eye-opening that people in the Bible were still evil and God used them. And so if you feel the sense of hopelessness that you aren't good enough, you aren't, you've done too much evil in the world, that you can't be used by God. You can't have a relationship with God because you're not worthy, quote-unquote, the finger things. But you can. God forgives if you have a relationship with him. Thanks for listening to The Kitchen Table. We're a father-son podcast talking about faith, music, and culture.
0: Well, the reality of this is we can't tell who is a Christian and who is not just by observing their actions because there are lots of good people out there. You can't walk into Walmart, head down the aisle in Walmart, and point out that person's obviously a Christian. That person's obviously—it doesn't work that way. Being nice, being kind, helpful, respectful, generally a good person isn't the same thing as communicating the gospel of Christ. We are called to love our neighbors. We're called to love even our enemies. We're called to humbly serve others, just like Jesus did. Mm -hmm. But Jesus also talked about spirituality and faith and his relationship with the Father and the Holy Spirit. Jesus mentioned things like sin and salvation and faith and forgiveness and the kingdom of God. His actions, doing those good things, were coupled with a message. And that, of course, is the gospel message. Mm -hmm. Now, the problem with many... You know, modern Christians today is we've experienced too much bad evangelism, if you will. We've got crazy street preachers that are shouting at people that they don't even know. You know, televangelists who are asking for every donation under the planet. You've got like people like the Westboro Baptist Church in Kansas who are picketing funerals. You have pastors that are corrupt and, and fallen. They all make the news. We are tired of being harassed, being manipulated, hidden agendas, We're tired of the lies and the abuse, Mm -hmm. the bigotry. We're just tired of sin that's associated with sharing the gospel of Christ. We've almost abandoned our ability to talk about Jesus with others. Doing good is just part of it, but it's more than just doing good. You are a follower of Christ, and as a follower of Christ, you have to share Christ with others. We need to, and and this is the difference between being a good person and and being a follower of Christ— we have to be like jesus we have to live our lives like he did a faith in christ yes requires love requires peace it requires the fruits of the spirit but it also demands us to promote christ's existence with others to graciously share our own testimony and what's happened to us and to be intentional in how we communicate the love of God,
1: thanks for listening to the kitchen table. We're a father son podcast talking about faith, music, and culture. But why can't I just be a good person? The reason we can't just be good people is is that relationship, that foundation with God. if you're being a good person that's that's great that's that's good like that's what you want to do with your life is it for the right reasons? You know how like some people is like, oh, I'm gonna help this person out so I look good on the news or I'm going to help this person out so he can give me something back. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like is your heart in the right place of acting good or
0: is it for making yourself look good? Right, Instagramming the perfect shot. Yeah. This is my Christian life on display for all to see. Right? Mm-hmm. Well, think about this. Luke 18, Jesus was asked this question. What must I do to inherit eternal life? Now, it's assumed here that Jesus is a good person. And let's face it, good people go to heaven. That's the assumption, right? So what must I do to also be in that same group? That's what we're asking ourselves. Jesus' response was surprising here. Because when he asked this question, he started by saying, good teacher. That's how he addressed Jesus. Good teacher. Jesus responded to this question with a question, why do you call me good? Why is he good? Jesus goes on to answer this question. No one is good but God alone. So if we accept the common assumption that only the good go to heaven and God alone is only good, then who on earth is going? The answer must surely be no one except God himself. The simple truth is that the issue is not about good people not getting into heaven. The problem is much worse here. The question really is who on earth can get in at all? It is not a good question of being more good than bad in order to qualify for eternal life. Jesus seems to define goodness. He is our example. He's sinless in terms of being like God, right? And on that basis, there are no good people anywhere when we look at it that way. But there's a difference. Again, it goes back to that message. The gospel message is good news. The good news is that getting into heaven is first and foremost about forgiveness Christians can be sure that they are going to heaven, not because they are good, but because they have received forgiveness. They have lived their life setting Jesus as their example, growing in grace, growing in holiness because of that gospel message. You see, Jesus did not come into the world simply to set a good example. He didn't come in to just say, you need to live a better life. He didn't come in to say, you need to pray more. You need to read your Bible regularly. He came into this world in order to make forgiveness for us a possibility. Now we talked about belief last week a little bit about belief and how we need to take it a step further Mm -hmm. into confidence so is belief important does belief matter in this i feel like that's an obvious question well belief and this is why we said you need to take it belief a step further into confidence belief is little more than an intellectual acknowledgement of something the word believe in the new testament means so much more than just that belief in christ faith in christ means much more than just thinking that he existed They mean complete reliance and trust in Him. We're going back to what we talked about last week. It's about trusting in, relying on Jesus, His promises, His person, the life, death, resurrection. That's what makes salvation possible. We're not good people as Christians, as followers of Christ, Mm -hmm. because we live morally superior than anyone else. It's not true. We have been made good because we have been forgiven by what we've done wrong and by giving a goodness or a righteousness from Christ We have to live righteously, and that's a step beyond just being good.
1: Thanks for listening to The Kitchen Table. We're a father-son podcast talking about faith, music, and
0: culture. The path to goodness lies not in religious observances, but in forgiveness. It's through the cross of Christ. One final thing I found I wanted to share, the difference between being a good person and a God person. Good people are just plain good. They are loving, they're nice, they do good things. It's my grandma. They don't make waves. They play all sides of the fence, so all are not offended. They say what you want to hear. They maintain a neutral position on most things. They work at being politically correct. They're all well liked. They enjoy accolades and praises. They're full of good works and they may be tempted to boast about them, what they've done, working with this, volunteering with this organization. Good people focus mostly on what they are doing. Because they trust in their goodness and the good works somehow are earning them something. Salvation, way into heaven. See, they're focused on the horizontal, bringing out the human flavors of the earth and the human colors in the world. Now, here's the difference between a good person and a God person. God people know that they are a work in progress. They can love God and they love people. They do good things. They tend to make waves. They can't play all sides of the fence. Rather, they choose the side with God and his word, and at times this offends people. They speak truth and love, and sometimes people don't want to hear it. They are passionate for the things that God cares about. They necessarily aren't politically correct. They do their best to direct any praises they receive to God. They are God's workmanship, and they're thankful for God's gift of grace. God people talk mostly about what God is doing, not about what they're doing. They trust in the good works of Jesus Christ alone for salvation and entrance into heaven. They are focused on the vertical, not the horizontal, but bringing out the God flavors of the earth and the God flavors in the world. I like that when I read that. The difference between a good person and a God person.
1: That last part was really good. I think it was good to see, because they took the similar things, mm-hmm. but just into the category that it's in. Good people don't make waves and don't take sides, but God people do take sides because they they know what is important. They know what God wants in our lives. And I, I thought that was really powerful.
0: Yeah. All right, so that wraps up the faith question for today. Again, if you have a faith question you'd like us to talk about, Please communicate with us. Um, you can do that on the uh, Shine.fm Facebook page. Mm. We have a, the Kitchen Table group that you can be a part of. You can also follow both of us on Twitter. We'll give the Twitter names here at the end of the podcast for you yeah. to follow us. So let's move now into a segment we call Music Matters. Okay, Music Matters is a segment where uh, we go back and forth sharing new music that we like, that we have found. We usually do, I do a new song. I do a
1: new song.
0: And then I will go back into my history. He and, says history like he's young. And he always points out the long history. Yeah. yeah. And uh, find a song. Is it, isn't
1: that the job of a, a child? To, to constantly remind
0: them how old their parents are? Yeah. I work for a university. Trust me, I have it every day. So I got a new song. Brand new song by Crowder. Ooh, he's good. Love Crowder. He's got a new album coming out called I Know a Ghost.
1: Oh yeah, you were telling me about this. Yeah.
0: And this is the, the first song off of this album. Uh, it's called Red Letters. Hmm. Of course, if you know what I'm talking about, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus's no, words. Yep. And so I actually have Crowder talking about this song.
2: We have actually the words of Jesus that we get to like participate in read. and read. And I don't know if you knew this, but like they, they weren't always like printed in red. And then suddenly they, they got the red letter version of the Bible. Now, I'll tell you how it happened. It was this dude, and his name was Louis Kloshp is his last name. It's K-L-O-P-S-C-H. You say that out loud four times, Kloshp. And he cared about scripture a whole lot. In fact, here's what he did. He purchased, he was the proprietor of the Christian Herald, who is a a weekly magazine started by Joseph Spurgeon. Now, that might sound familiar. it was a cousin of Charles Spurgeon. And this dude, Lois Klotz was like the proprietor of that for 18 years and so he purchased it in 1898 and then in 1899 he's sitting around reading the Bible and he gets to Luke 22 20 and it's like hey this is this is my blood the new covenant poured out for you and he's like man what if every time there was a mention uh, from Jesus or above you know, prophecy quoted by Jesus. It, what if it was in red? And it just gave this meta narrative through all of Scripture, and you see this thread that's woven well, uh, through the whole thing. So that's what we're picking up with this song, Red Letters. And I'm going to read you a quote that's in the very first version, uh, very first edition of the Red Letter Bible. And here it is. He says, It sheds a new radiance upon the sacred pages by which the reader is enabled to trace unerringly the scarlet thread of prophecy from Genesis to Malachi. Like the star which led the Magi to Bethlehem, this light shining through the entire word leads straight to the person of the divine Messiah as the fulfillment of the promise of all the ages. That right there is worth singing about, and that's what we're singing about. And so this is Red Letters.
0: I've
1: always been a Crowder fan.
0: Love David Crowder. He's a great man. Beard goals, that's all I oh can my say. Oh <laughs>
1: you love his beard.
0: You know what I found out this week? What'd you find he out? He actually, you know, when he does concerts and he has like his CDs and t-shirts and things, he has beard products on the table. Does he really? He sells Crowder beard products. That's funny. It's good marketing is what that is. I mean, it is.
1: He's yeah. got a good beard. New so music. From you. my new song for the week, if you've heard of them, they are a great band. Uh, Shane and Shane. I do know them. They are like they make worship music amazing. this one it's technically an oldie and Goldie because how
0: old are we going back here um
1: the Bible old so oh, this scripture you yeah, yeah, wow. yeah, okay wait. so this album it's called Psalms. Shane and Shane they take chapters of the Psalms nice. and just put it to music and it's yeah. really good, like it's a good reminder. And so the specific psalms that I want to point out is Psalms 98. Okay. It's just a really good, strong lyric one. I literally opened my Bible and it was just not Go word forward. for word, but like... Inspired. It, yeah. Well, no, not even... It was like they had to do some phrasing things. Sure. They couldn't do the whole chapter, obviously. Each song... I mean, they're already... Each song is like six minutes long for each. So is... Is the album called Psalms? Yeah, the album is called Psalms. This is a live edition. Okay. So this is when they did the... There's Psalms Live, and then they have Psalms Volume 1, which came out in 2002. Okay. And then well, they that's have, ancient. Yeah. I was, <laughs> I was alive, so it's not that old. Um, and then they have Psalms Volume 2, which came out in 2015. Okay. This, this is when it's p- Psalms Live. This is their concert that they okay. did. Yeah, this is the specific one that I really like. So Psalms 98. Here it is.
0: Not bad for a semi-oldie but goldie. It, it, yeah, I guess. It's not old at all.
1: I mean, it's they good. took the words from oldie but goldies.
0: Okay. I, I suppose you can classify it that way. So now a legitimate oldie but goldie. When I bought my very first eight-track and then cassette of Christian music. They didn't have Christian bookstores at the time, and, of course, iTunes, no way. I had to buy it in Kmart. Yeah, they sold music. And I found a compilation cassette, and it had this song on it when I was first introduced to this band. The band is called Servant. Started in 1976, Vancouver, British Columbia. They were part of the Jesus Movement. If you know uh, Jesus People USA in Chicago, they also had like a group like that. Uh, and it came out of there. So this is off actually their 1984 album called Light Maneuvers from the band Hmm. Servant and it's called We Are The Light. Now, this is a little bit of trivia for you here. The band Servant was the very first Christian band and they were a rock band to ever use in concert lasers, flames, fireworks and fog machines. So basically Skillet. They were the original Skillet. Dang. So here's We Are The Light 1984 from Servant.
1: That sounds like a good type of music. Still good today.
0: It is. Still I liked good it. today. I liked it. All right, that closes up Music Matters. And now it's time to go into Culture Shock. I read something this week and it shocked me. Well, yeah, it's called Culture Shock. Yeah. So. Several podcast episodes ago, we talked about Fortnite, the phenomenon of, uh-huh. the, of the game yeah. Fortnite. I read an article this week that m- talked about parents hiring tutors... No way. For their teenagers and children to teach them how to better play Fortnite. No. $20 an hour, they'll hire you a Fortnite tutor. And I was just blown away. I'm like, really, parents? Are you for real? I'm for real. No. Google it. You'll find it. Oh, my goodness. I'm like, I got to mention this, but I want there to be some redemptive part of this. Okay. So I started to investigate more on tutoring. Tutoring's a good thing. If you have children that maybe are falling behind in a subject, maybe they're going to be taking one of the tests to you know for college scholarships. Tutoring's a good thing. So I, I found the benefits of tutoring. I thought I'd share. This is a good segue. You think? Yeah. And then I also found the five qualities of a good tutor. Now I've had a tutor in my lifetime. That's how I learned Spanish was from a tutor. It worked. It worked. So so benefits of tutoring. What tutoring does, it helps your child develop study and learning skills. And that's the thing. When I got to college, I had never been taught how to truly study to learn. I had to figure it out on my own. Great way of doing that is, is tutoring. So there are many advantages to, to tutoring. First thing is, it is an individual and unique learning experience. This is something that a child's not going to get in the classroom setting. And maybe they can't grasp something in the classroom setting. They need more help. Tutors can customize the lessons and the activities to your child. Great thing. Yeah. I'm not promoting any tutor specifically. These are just benefits of tutoring. One-on-one attention. They get to know your individual child's learning skill. Every child learns differently. Yeah. They can adapt the teaching model. They can improve academic performance. They can prepare your child specifically for certain tests and exams, not Fortnite, please. They can also improve your child's attitude toward learning and toward school in general. You know, learning is fun. If you have a good tutor, they will teach your child, they will encourage your child, they will praise your child, and they'll no longer feel like school is a frustrating thing. Hmm. Tutoring encourages self-paced and self-directed learning. Your child will learn to control how they learn and the pace of their learning through a tutor. Tutoring improves self-esteem and confidence. So many teenagers today struggle with anxiety because of school. That affects their self-esteem. It affects their confidence. Tutoring will help that. I think that's great. I love that step right there. It improves the study habits, teaches your kids how to study. Again, I was never taught how to study. I had to figure it out on my own. In high school, let's face it goes through high school without studying. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Admit it. Yeah. Yeah. You create a positive workspace through a tutor, something that's free of distraction, maybe help overcome learning obstacles. When I was in second grade, I had a hard time. One second. You just raised three fingers when you said second grade. I was getting it there. Second grade. (laughs) I was behind in reading. When you were in grade school, did they use the reading levels? I had like AR reading. Like, that's probably what it was. It's it was like they were like levels, and you finish that level and you take a test and you move up to the next level. I did do that in like third, fourth, and f- when I was at Pleasantly. Okay. When I was in second grade, holding up two fingers. Good job. Thank you. I was behind. I went in with one on one with somebody and I quickly caught up. And so sometimes that's needed. You're overcoming a learning obstacle, perhaps. It improves both social and behavioral skills. You're teaching your child to become a better communicator because when you're one-on-one with a tutor, it's all on the child. They have to communicate to that tutor. Mm -hmm. It also teaches them how to form better relationships. Some great things right there. So some benefits of tutoring. Now, the reason, again, why we're doing this is because parents are paying tutors to teach their kids how to play the video game Fortnite better, and that's just bizarre to me. Tutors are a good thing, not for video games. Five qualities of a good tutor. They're adaptable. They're flexible. They adjust to the child's need. They have lots of energy. They know how to motivate. They have lots of enthusiasm. They have great interpersonal skills. They have an openness. They accept your child. Mm. They're available to them. They get involved with them. They empathize with your child. There's a level of humility, another quality here, humility. They respect your child. They respect you as parents they accept your child even if they might be dealing with a learning disability. So again, adaptability, energy, openness and humility. Some great yeah. character qualities to look for in a tutor. Thought that'd be helpful to share that. Make mm-hmm. it redemptive even though we talked about parents hiring tutors for Fortnite.
1: Yeah. I 20, feel like 20 bucks do...
0: an hour if you're looking for a job, Jay. I feel um. no, I'm I'm trash at Fortnite. Um <laughs> Michael watches
1: little kids playing Fortnite and video games on YouTube.
0: When we give him his slim margin of
1: device time. Oh yeah, 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 his time. slim, yeah. yeah. Maybe they just want their kids to make start bringing in money. Which is a
0: sad thing. That is a very sad thing. Because even my eight-year-old says that's his goal in life right now is to become a professional gamer. Trust me. <laughs> the amount of people that make money playing video games for a living is so slim. Small. Teach them other skills instead. Yep. We're gonna close that culture shock with that. <laughs> All right. Thanks again for hanging out with us. Uh, we do this every week. We enjoy it. We hope you enjoy it as well. We'd love to get your feedback. Faith question. Maybe you found something culture shock-wise you want to share with us. You're like, can you believe they do this? Uh, we'd love to talk about that. Maybe a specific song that you yeah. found. We'll take requests as well for our Music Matters segment. Not a problem. Yeah. So, shine.fm Facebook page. Join the Kitchen Table Facebook group. That's a part of that. We'll continue the discussion there. Follow us on Twitter as well. My Twitter account, Brian Utter. Utter underscore butter 99. And you can follow us there and communicate with us there as well. We will follow back, we promise. So thanks so much for hanging out with us. Have a great week, guys. Thanks for listening to The Kitchen Table on the Shine.fm podcast network from Olivet Nazarene University. Be sure to subscribe for more content delivered each week on faith, music, and culture.